Another edition of Yes Have Some Podcast. I can't believe we're still doing this. I thought we would be long gone mm, by yeah, this I'm point. surprised. Five years? I think, hung that, on I think that every week, yeah. <laughs> wow. We've been celebrating this. We're really milking this five-year anniversary. Yeah, we've been celebrating <laughs> Well, it's the entire while. year. It's the, the entire year. Anniversary. Yeah. Um, super excited tonight. Uh, something a little bit different. We got some special guests. I'm excited. We're going to talk about a little documentary that... Uh, I, well, Abby and I watched this morning. Jake, I think you've watched it a couple times, and uh, seen it a few times for sure. It's uh, <laughs> it's really cool stuff. This mm-hmm. is this is right in in our wheelhouse and in everybody's wheelhouse. So um, let's get to it. Our special guests joining us, and they've both been here before, but they're back. Uh, they they created this documentary that we're going to be talking about. John Campo Piano. Piano. I screwed it up. I said I nailed it. Stick the landing. John, how are you, man? Stunning. I'm great, man. How are you? Thanks Dude, for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, David Bigelow. David, how are you doing today, sir? Great. Thanks for having us uh, and talking about Snapper. Dude, this is this is fun. So, like, I guess we should set the stage for everybody, but it's probably better for 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 the two of you to set the stage because Lord knows I'm not going to get it right. Um, because I'm a professional <laughs> podcast host. No. So it's this documentary on snapper. It's a, it's a movie that never uh, came to fruition. It's uh, you know, late eighties uh, horror movie uh, in the Northeast. And uh, I'm just going to let you guys do it because like I said, I just watched the documentary for the first time and I found it literally very intriguing. Like I knew nothing about this going in. Jake was like, Hey, we're doing this. John's coming on the show. It's about the snapper documentary. I was like, cool. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's do it. Um, oh, bless the start. Yeah. Uh, but John, why don't you set the, uh, set the stage for us. So, so everybody knows what, uh, what I'm talking about here. Yeah. So snapper. So it started, uh, Mark Vo and Mike Savino are indie filmmakers in Massachusetts. They've been making films since the mid eighties when they were in college together. And they're sort of claim the fame in the cult scene is Attack of the Killer Refrigerator, which um, is a short horror film that uh, was released on VHS somehow and is now worth a lot of money somehow. Oh, and, really? Uh, is it like a rare kind of because when we saw the clips of the Attack of the Killer Refrigerator? Yeah, I was like, oh, I have to see this. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a lot of people's reaction to it. And I think um, it was released on VHS in the early 90s and, and had a limited run. And I think just over the years, like collectors have, it's become kind of a coveted piece for collectors and it's a lot of fun. Um, And so I was talking to Mark and Mike, they're in Worcester, Massachusetts, which isn't too far from where I am and, um, and Dave. And um, so I've known them for a couple of years and wanted to talk to them about the refrigerator film. And so got together with them to write this article about the fridge and they knew that I'm a huge Jaws fan. So at the end of this interview, Mark said casually, like, oh, by the way, like, we also try to make this movie about a 
man-eating snapping turtle. And like, it clearly piqued my interest, but then like we mm-hmm. went our separate ways for the day and I didn't really think anything of it. And then over the course of like the next week or two, he started texting me photos from this shoot and of like the snapping turtles and like the animatronic turtles. And I was like, wow, they really went for it, you know? And I thought, wouldn't that be a cool, you know, short documentary to tell the story of this failed movie, you know? So that's how it started. Very cool. And David, how, how did you uh, get involved in this? Well, John and I have known each other for a few years. Um, you know, we got to be associated. We both work at WGBH in Boston, the, the, the PBS station. And, um, and uh, of course, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the last time I appeared on this podcast. I was an extra in Jaws. And John's one of the biggest collectors, and that meant we had to be friends, whether I liked it or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. to collect you. That's a great story. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I think we joked about that, right? Yeah. We made the jokes yeah. about John displaying you in his collection. In a, in a, in a glass case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. On the beach. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, but John, um, he told me about this uh, idea that he wanted to do this short documentary, and you know, during the pandemic, we had uh, there's a couple projects that we were working on. Um, but, um, you know, we had shot this before the pandemic started and, um, but we really were able to take advantage of, uh, doing it. And I edited it here at my place, um, you know, more than an hour from John who was, we were just doing remote review and playback and all this stuff. So we were able to basically get it done, uh, together, uh, remotely, which, you know, all of, you know, WGBH has been doing lately too. So a lot of those practices are kind of already in play and we know how to deal with that. Um, but I thought it was really interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older, obviously if I was in jaws, I've got to be older. Um, and I remember that heyday time in Boston. Um, we didn't have a lot of film productions here like we do now, um, because of the tax incentives that they have and, and more productions have come here because of those tax incentives. But back then it was just beginning to kind of be an indie scene and uh, a couple of films like next stop wonderland and, and squeeze and, and a few kind of like, you know, we're getting produced. But they were really far and few between. But we definitely had a very vibrant community of people who were students and aspiring filmmakers, um, myself included. And I think that's what resonated about the story was, you know, there's a lot of these people out there. You don't get to hear about their stories of the blood, sweat and tears and the expense they put into these kinds of projects. And I think that's what's really great about Snapper is that you're capturing that kind of, um, of a passion. Um, even though it didn't get produced, I think that the story is a valuable one to tell about friendships and collaboration, uh, and one that, uh, you know, I think that's, that's more, you know, more than it getting made. I think that there's a certain amount of just value to having those experiences. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just the, the, my first takeaway is, and I'm not the, the horror aficionado that maybe Jacob Walsh is, but my first takeaway is. There's definitely something very charming about this time period, right? So, you know, they talk about or, or it's talked about in the documentary and I don't want to give everything away. But one of the things was they decided to do it on film and not do it on video, um, which no matter how low budget it is, it just gives it uh, like Better that aesthetic. The, a, a real feeling like I for lack of better terms, it feels like a real thing. Right. And like even now, like when you look at like anybody with an iPhone can make something that looks of quality, like technical, technically it looks like it's a real thing, but it doesn't, it's missing that, that element where it's like, you know, the difference between like a low budget movie and a high budget movie. And if they're, even if they're using like similar equipment or, or whatever. So there's definitely an aesthetic 
Uh, and just kind of that, like that grassroots, like the, the way that, you know, it's covered with the, with the turtle and how they did the underwater shots with the, you know, the tinfoil and the reflection. It's just mm-hmm. the practical by, effects, like still hold up because there was so much passion behind it. It's almost like that was like the drive behind them wanting to make the movie in yeah. and of itself. Like, and also, can I just of put course this, they were good. Let me put this out there. All documentaries should be 30 minutes. I love it. Yes, please. You're in. It's perfect. In and out. <laughs> you learn and you, you, you've, you come away with information and you're on with your day. Uh, Jake, what, what, did you know anything about this before hearing about, uh, about the documentary? No, I mean, you know, I've, I've known John for a while here and, and, um, but before John brought it to my attention, no, I'd never heard of it. But one of the things that, uh, um, you know, me and John have, have sort of, bonded as friends over our our mutual love for these kind of movies you know uh you know older horror films that feature i don't know alligators or you know sasquatch or just whatever like this is the kind of stuff that we, we both love and uh it, it's been really cool like getting all the uh behind the scenes you know clips and photos from john as as you know you guys have been working on it and everything but no I, i'd never heard of it I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody had heard of it before John, and, so. uh, yeah. John and David <laughs> well, that, had like brought it been, to the world. That's been kind of like one of the reactions that's sort of funny is that people will say, well, I, God, I never heard of this. Like, this is amazing. And like, I don't, I never want to respond with like, well, of course you didn't. Like, cause I, but it's like, because you haven't though, because it never, yeah. you know, it lived in garages and it lived wherever all the materials from the project lived, you know, um, until Dave and I started working on it. So, um, right. That's part of the fun of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's got to be some pride in I unearthing that. That's a big difference between making films today and making films back in 1989. You didn't have the internet to sort of show off and get more eyeballs on it. You know, these guys mm-hmm. made Snapper, the trailer for Snapper, because they wanted a reel to send out to only people they thought could help them fund the feature. Right, right. So today, um, they would very likely, you know, get a Facebook page and put the trailer online and, you know, start a Kickstarter or, yeah, yeah. And, and, and probably get a lot more eyeballs aware of the project. And even if they just created a kick-ass trailer in the end, you know, they, there would be some recognition to what they did. Um, sure, and, yeah. and that's the thing is going practical, I think, is one of these things. A lot of people are still really nostalgic for that. You know, they, they tend to see a lot of the the edges and the, a lot of the issues with CGI when it's done poorly over practical and, and the films that have been practically done. I mean, obviously there's some that don't do it well, but um, people sort of have a bit more of a respect for going through and like that technique with the tinfoil and the lights and the smoking up the room. I mean, that was a really inspired idea. I wouldn't even think to do that. I, I don't know yeah. that many people could sort of yeah. come up with that idea. No, I would have just been like, really well. yeah, I enjoyed it so much. I put on a Gamera movie today, like after watching yes. the documentary. I was like, <laughs> dude, this is tight. This is reminding me of like really good effects. Uh, I would have yeah. definitely been like, well, we only have one, you know, mold of the prop. So throw it in the water. We got about 10 seconds to film this. <laughs> yeah. <thing. laughs> like, yeah. That's how genius I am. Um, but that's... That's one of the great things about the documentary. Craig, you're kind of touching on this, but just the fact that like most people don't know how much like even a, a trailer, three minutes of footage, people don't know how much like work oh, yeah. really goes into For that sure. kind of stuff. And and this documentary is really great at showing you just like yeah, yeah, how I think much content time and resources might. are going into it. Yeah. So how uh, did they how did they feel when you guys said, "Hey, we want to do a documentary about this?" Like were they were they surprised or were they like, "Finally, we've been waiting." <laughs> no, they were definitely surprised. I mean, I think 
I think there were, there were moments throughout the process when either I'd go pick up footage from Mike or whatever, where he would always sort of say like, Oh, this is so great, man. But like, what's the story? Like, I think that they, <laughs> their reaction was kind of like what a lot of us have. Like if anybody wants to talk about us, talk to us about our creative endeavors, <laughs> right, like our, our right. initial reaction was like, well, what do I have to offer? Like, why do you want to talk to me? You know? And, and obviously they didn't have the perspective that I had and that Dave had, which is like, no, there's an interesting story here that maybe you guys don't see, but I think we see it. And, yeah. you know, for me as like kind of an archive junkie, like I saw kind of all the stuff that they had from the project with the footage and the photos. And I was like, no, like there's a story here. And I think at, at a certain point, I think that they just trusted Dave and I, and they were like, all right, you guys go do it. And yeah, we'll see, you know, like have fun doing it. Um, and I think once they saw what we were doing, they kind of understood that it was about snapper, but it was also about them as, as mm -hmm. creative partners and friends. And, um, you know, I was really adamant about keeping what happened after snapper as part of the doc, because I think it's, you see a progression, you know, like they make the, ref the refrigerator and it kind of does its thing. And then they learn a little bit more and they want to shoot it on 16 and then they do snapper. And then from there they go on, they do that HBO short and win an award so like there's this kind of progression, this growth that you sort of see them kind of experiencing and reflecting on, which I thought was really, really cool. And so that was a big part of the story, I think, too. Yeah, I want to see that HBO short. That's very cool. And the, way, cool, they, yeah. the way they carry themselves like you, you could have with showing the two of them, like they're clearly friends, they're lifelong friends. One thing that's interesting to me is like the fact that they're reminiscing about this thing that they did that was important to them, you know, over 30 years ago. And yeah. now to have it kind of documented, like, and, and talked about with like reverence, like I can't even remember things that happened, you know, a half hour ago, let alone like creative projects that were like, there was stuff I did 10 years ago that was really important to me, but there's no, like, there's no footage of it. There's no, it's just in my head. So right. that has to be kind of a surreal experience for them. Yeah, I'm sure it was interesting to reflect. And I mean, I think initially we were going to interview them independently. And when you see the doc, you see that we interviewed them together. And I think that that was really the only way to do it because they clearly riff sure. on each other. They, they still have that sense of like, you know, finishing each other's sentences. And I mean, they could, they could have independently said that we're still tight. We're still friends and whatever. But I think to actually see them together on screen, it's clear that like, you couldn't fake that. Like they're still like in lockstep with each other, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was expecting really like a, Eastman and Laird, like the Ninja Turtles guys, like there's like drama and you're bringing them back together for the snake of the snap, the sake of the snapper community. Say that. Right. Um, so, um, so you got, you said you guys did this pre pandemic, right? So what is the process of, you know, finishing this up, getting it out in front of people? Like where are people going to be able to, to check this out? So it's been playing festivals, thankfully, um, and it had a run at the Coolidge Corner Theater in, in Boston, which is oh, one of cool. our, our, our house cinemas here that we love. And um, yeah, there's like, I've entered it into a bunch of festivals and so far so good, but um, you know, we'll see. It's going to hopefully have a nice, healthy run throughout the course of this year and um, we'll see what happens. That's the plan anyway. Cool. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Um, David, what, what, I mean, as you guys uh, show this to people, is there common trends? Are there reactions that are surprising to you guys? Or sometimes when you work on a creative project of any kind, and you, it's it's always that thing when people start seeing it for the first time and you're taking a deep breath, like you don't know how people are going to react. So are, are you guys, uh, 
is it getting the reaction you're hoping for? Is it, is it better than you thought maybe? Cause like, to be completely honest, like I, like I said, I didn't know much about it going into it, but I really, I found myself, I was like, this is delightful. Yeah, like, going delight. yeah. That's a great, that was a great word. Yeah. So, um, what, what is kind of the, uh, the reaction been? Well, I, I've been very, uh, I've been not, I shouldn't say pleasantly surprised because, um, I thought that we had a cool project, but you know, John and I would talk about losing objectivity and being a certain amount, like we're working hard on this thing. And the question is, is it as cool as we think it's going to be? Like, is you know, you just worry that you're, you're seeing something that others with a fresh viewing are not going to see. Um, and I think that the reaction to it has been overwhelmingly positive, uh, in a way that, um, I was hoping, uh, we would see, which is that, you know, again, it's, it's, it, for filmmakers to watch it and kind of relate to the story of, projects they've tried to launch and worked hard at and just ultimately didn't get to come to fruition. Um, there's also just the the humanity of it, just the collaboration between friends um, doing their best. I don't think they regret the experience and, you know, spending $8,000 in 1990 uh, oh, to put yeah. together a project, um, you know, that's a lot more money today. And when you're a student, you know, when you're a young person, that's a lot more money than it would be even now. Um, so I think the reaction has been really great. And in some ways it's a bit of, I hope that Mark and Mike are feel a little bit vindicated to having had made the effort, you know, that it yeah. isn't completely in vain that, yeah, they took those lessons and they moved forward and applied them to more films and projects they worked on, but snapper did have another life and it's, it's turned into a, you know, a charming story about what it is to collaborate and come up with cool ideas and, you know, there's a, I'm sure so many people can relate to, you know, getting together with a friend and meeting and go, doing, spending hours on a script and just mm -hmm. trying to get it as good as you can. Um, and seeing the whole movie kind of come to life once you have that script kind of done and, and saying, how are we not going to get this financed? We love it. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to love it. Um, so yeah. I think it's been great to see the reactions. Definitely relatable content problematic shoots things like that we've oh been yeah that. I mean, we're all we've all worked <laughs> footage on... we've paid for that didn't have any audio all sorts of things <laughs> yeah but it, like, right yeah oh, God. <laughs> yeah we've, we've invested we, we we've all been through the but you, i think that's kind of the the relatable thing if like i think that's why like creators and filmmakers can, will get a kick out of this because that thing of like anytime any story of somebody like putting it all on the line or investing it. Like, it's like everybody tell you know, the Kevin Smith, I put $27,000 on a credit card to make clerks. And then yeah. like you have a career after that, like 99% mm -hmm. of the time, a lot of creatives do put that effort in and do put their, you know, their ass on the line, but it, it's hard to make it work. Like it's hard it to, <laughs> um, so Jake, I want to give you a shout out though, or you can shout yourself out. It's your show. Um, <laughs> these, uh, the, 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 I really enjoyed the storyboards. That's very cool. Like yes. the, oh, yes. thank you. Thank you. Like how, so how does that come about? They just have like pages that were going to either be part of the original trailer or the original script that, that you guys got access to. Well, that's a question. I mean, yeah, that's a question. For John. Well, I'm asking John. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, so there, there were there were you know there were parts of the story and, and part of kind of putting it together. They sent us the script for Snapper, which they really had like a hundred page script. I mean, they they wrote they wrote a movie like a feature length, which is so cool. And then as we were interviewing them, and they sort of broke down like the, the tentpole moments of Snapper. You know, one of the disadvantages of like making a documentary about a movie that never got made is that you don't have a lot of primary source material to work with. So we, there were like things that we were like, it'd be great to have these represented, you know? Yeah. And so when Dave and I talked about it, we were like, how are we going to do this? Are we going to do it with like stock footage clips that we license? Are we going to do like original art? Like 
what are we going to do? Like, I thought of, honestly, I thought of Jacob immediately. And I was like, maybe we can hire my buddy, Jacob, who's great. And who has an affinity for turtles and reptiles and all those things. And really maybe, does. you know, want to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I approached Jake and we worked it out, man. It yeah. was great. No, it was and, really and cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, John, David, I appreciate that. Like that was, uh, to me that, that was really, I was really happy to do that. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, it's just exciting to see, uh, you know, it's exciting to work on that kind of a thing. It's right. exciting, you know, John, you're a friend of mine. Uh, it's just, uh, that's, that's my, that's my kind of thing, dude. Uh, t- like, uh, turtle film killer turtle. Like, dude, I was just, I, have not stopped talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like, appreciate it, dude. For but sure. that's like that enthusiasm. It's exciting. Like, it, you get, so one of the things I love about stories like this are like the what ifs, like what, what could have been like, what if they would have got the financing? What if it would have, right. you know, come out and be like a cult classic or like, what if they got the opportunity to like do it now? Like, I don't know, like your, your mind kind of starts going like, I would love it. To, might yeah. It like, might happen. Oh, mm-hmm. let's, Let's talk about that. Well, what's the deal? We'll, we'll like? see what happens. I mean, there, you know, there, I think there, there are people I think that are interested in the original story, and anything I could love happen. That. Yeah. Anything if anything, happen. let's do a script reading. Yeah. There you go. That'd be fun. Find out more about that fun. cop. Yeah. I think. Okay. I think you know, back to like back back to Jacob being involved too. I think what, one of the things that I was so excited about to work with Dave because Dave's really talented. He's a good friend, and I was lucky to have him work on this with me. And I was looking at Jacob and. It, it kind of mirrored the experience of the guys making Snapper yeah. in a lot of ways, which was like friends coming together for the cause yeah. of making something cool and just like making it happen, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. And, and there were other people, I mean, Barry Clegg, who works with Dave and I at GBH, he did a lot of the motion graphics stuff. It was mixed by our mixer at GBH, who, who does a lot of frontline mix. So, so it was kind of like a family affair, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 it mirrored Snapper, which I thought yes. was nice very cool that's a cool legacy to have yeah yeah we we all work on front lines which are some of the most dour you know like you know suck the air out of the room with hard you know journalism about you know really really hard to accept things in life happening um and i think for sometimes we just need something to clear the palate of all that you know heaviness Mm -hmm. um and not you know it's a great program but it's you know very often it's it's not always a happy ending (laughs) usually not um so to work on something that's uplifting and and positive um, I think is it's always welcome. You know, we uh, we need to balance that out. Um, what was interesting, I, it was funny, I was thinking about it recently was um, this was a time back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, Robert Rodriguez came out with El Mariachi, which mm-hmm. was this seven thousand dollar, you know, opus action film that he like begged, barred and stealed. I think he, he like stayed in uh, an inpatient facility getting medical tests done on him to earn the seven grand oh to go and shoot El Mariachi. And uh, and then ended up getting picked up by Miramax and, you know, going to Sundance. And that was a story that everybody heard about at the time as being like, listen, you can be a guy who just basically lets somebody draw blood for six weeks and you can make a movie that can put <laughs> mm-hmm. you on the on, you know, out yeah. there and, and succeed. Um, and I think a lot of people ran with that concept saying, oh, my God, you just have to really want to do it. And it's not like yeah. you have to be invited into that world make something just make it and and you'll roll the dice see what happens you might just turn up lucky right and like you guys were saying like nowadays i mean you see stories all the time about people you know financing their own short you know short films and and those get optioned or they get deals or you know uh or they they're it's weird now because people make a short film and it's optioned and now it's like an audio podcast or something weird like there's just so much more opportunity now 
So yeah. it just kind of goes back to like, this is a cool story that can shed light on, on something that otherwise nobody would have ever known about. Mm-hmm. And now we get to have like a whole conversation about it. Yeah. Like, to have yeah. a continued legacy. Exactly. It's so cool. to have it go it's so on cool. like that. That's really and cool. I think the other cool thing to speak to like the horror genre that I didn't really realize until snappers started playing little festivals was that there, there seems to be an appetite for content that either is lost or was never made. So like, you know, like the George Romero film that is now going to be coming on shutter, you know, and like, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a book coming out in August called untold horror, which is um, like this awesome book with interviews with like Joe Dante, all these big horror filmmakers about scripts and stories that they never got to make. And it seems like there's a growing appetite for stuff. I don't know if it's like horror fans are getting fatigued. Like how long can we talk about nightmare on Elm street and like <laughs> evil dead as great as that stuff is. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Like what, what else can we talk about with Halloween and, you know, so there seems to be this growing interest in um, in that kind of content, like lost films or stuff that was never made or stuff that wasn't finished. Um, and so it seems like maybe Snapper's hitting at the right time where there seems to be like people interested in learning more about that stuff because Snapper, like there's got to be a million Snapper stories out there. Right. You know, here's what yeah. we need. And, you know, that, oh, sorry, that's Jake. something I thought about too. Once I, once the, once this documentary is over, I was like, well, okay, well, I want to watch another one. Like I immediately want to watch another documentary about yeah. another pro like immediately i was like okay john make another one I'd, I'd, another. yeah Just i'd watch it, that man. series what's next this is what mm-hmm. i want i want a legacy sequel to snapper imagine this the legacy sequel to the movie that never existed in the first place you bring back the original <laughs> characters <laughs> snapper's back and everyone's like yeah. oh that was great where's the first one like it doesn't exist there's a documentary <laughs> about it <laughs> um no that's really cool and yeah i John, I agree with you. Like, I think in in any of these communities or subcultures, like there's an appetite for for those little hidden gems and those, you yeah. know, what like kind of what I was saying earlier, like the what could have beens. Um, sure. So, um, so yeah. So, like, what what happens next? Like, you guys are just running the festivals, and it's just kind of like you're you're both experienced in this, and you've you've made documentaries before. You kind of. Uh, Oh, sorry. Our cat just ripped off Abby's uh, headphones. Are you okay? <laughs> okay. This is now like a running theme. Yeah. Does she, so she have a question? Yeah. Does the cat have a question? She did actually. The cat's she like, um, more about is, the is there a cat in the sequel to Snapper? Yes. yes. That's what she wants. Were any cats harmed? Uh, those snapping turtles yeah. can't come on land, can they? Um, so, yeah. So, like, what? what yeah, they yeah, the can. Cat. If you watch the documentary, you've known that, Craig. Okay. What's the, uh, yeah, what's next? Long way of saying what's next. David? For, for Snapper? Or John. Yeah, just oh, in, gen- in general, like, it, when, once you get to this step where you've put in the work, it's edited, it's produced, it's, it's you know, it's locked, basically, um, and it's playing festivals. Is it just basically, like, are you gathering data? Are you gathering feedback? Or is it just, now it just takes on a life of its own and you get to sit back and watch people uh, people enjoy it? You want to take it, Dave? Oh, um, yeah, sure. I mean, John, you're you, in some ways, you're really uh, a lot more knowledgeable about sort of how to where you want it to go next. I mean, I, I think to my earlier point about it catching on through an online audience and people becoming aware of it, um, you never know what it's going to lead to. Um, that's one of the beauties, I think, about, you know, uh, media being democratized so well these days and right. and finding its way into podcasts like yours and other types of forums is that um, you never know what's going to be stimulated to cause a, another project to happen. Um, you know, I think this short was um, in many ways, I mean, John and I have worked for, um, for a while on a number of things, but I think this was our most 
um, invested collaboration together as it really was, you know, for a while, just the editing, it was he and I figuring out how to get this story told and what footage to include and then, um, and then going and starting to bring in other people to do things that he and I weren't able to do ourselves. Um, so I think that was what was really um, great for us is to be able to go and say, hey, hey, we can do this and not want to kill each other, make this project and enjoy the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's important to learn if you're going to collaborate with somebody. You know, there's the real like the excitement about the idea and then there's the real doing it and, yeah. um, you know, having that experience right. mm -hmm. and and knowing the styles of the way that you approach things. And and it, uh, I think it affirmed that John and I have really good collaborative styles. Um, as well as everybody else that we worked with on it. So I just hope it gets more people interested in, in hearing these kind of things. I've always been a fan of making of film type stories, you know, whatever, you know, Hearts of Darkness, The Making of Apocalypse Now or all these others. Um, in some ways, those stories to me are really important to help filmmakers feel like everybody suffers for their projects. There's nobody just going to the craft services table, getting the shots done and going home at seven at night without right. problems you know mm -hmm. it's always going to be a struggle some are more nightmarish struggles than others but they're never going to be simple um and uh and some of them don't get finished you know there's uh the terry gilliam project about don quixote and so forth there are projects that mm -hmm. you know with the best of intentions just don't get to the completion for whatever reasons have occurred and everybody has uh you know nothing but a bad time working on it and i think that's what a lot of filmmakers want to hear is that they're struggling and that doesn't mean that they don't have talent or hard work. Um, everybody struggles and right. it's always going to be an, an adaptation of uh, figuring out how to overcome certain problems and challenge your own weaknesses. Um, and, uh, and Snapper wasn't always, you know, a case in point, Snapper wasn't always completely clear to us the right way to tell it, but you work through it and you get to the place that you feel like, okay, yeah, we went through it. We figured out what, the, what works and you feel that breakthrough moment that is just satisfying and saying, okay, we solved this problem. You know, right. it's, it's, mm -hmm. and I think filmmakers are problem solvers and that's the thing. You can't just imagine the great story and that because you don't get it out there that you aren't, shouldn't be a filmmaker. I think you should know that it's going to be challenging for everybody, no matter who you are, and uh, and uh, and enjoy the process of, of the discovery of the solutions. And then you know that, okay, you earned making this film as good and as enjoyable as it is for people to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, the, I mean, it, the, I think the hardest thing in the world to do is get a movie made. Like, even big-budget movies, like, to to get to that finish line is is – it feels like – impossible like we're watching that documentary about masters of the universe and they talk about the masters of the universe movie in 1987 with Dolph Lundgren and like with a week left in shooting the the whoever was financing it just ran out of money they just shut it down like they were in the middle of shooting and the lights went out and then they had to like the filmmakers and the, they had to figure out a way. So that way, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's, it's interesting. There's like the, the la the final battle is basically like the lights are off and there's two like Skeletor and He-Man are battling because they didn't have money to do anything. Like it was <laughs> way stripped down. So like, and that's just like one anecdote about like, I'm sure there's, you know, and we're talking about, obviously you guys are doing a uh, passion project putting together a documentary or like these guys, you know, they're doing their passion project 30 years ago, trying to get something financed. Um, it's just crazy. Now, one thing I did want to bring up and I don't want to spoil it, but I, when I saw it, I was like, I got to talk about this. The stunt man, the on fire <laughs> stunt man going out the window. I was like, I want to know how this factored into this movie. Cause it, <laughs> I, I think like, that's the most, 
that's the question that came up the most out of anybody who was like, yeah. where did this get to be part of a turtle, you know, turtle like on the second floor of a warehouse? How did the turtle get up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That awesome. Story? It was so it's, awesome. It, it, it's, it seems like one of those things where some dude was just, I can do this. And they were like, well, that makes no sense. But if you can do it, we're going right. to put it in there. Like if he would have been like, I can juggle. Like, we got to have a juggling scene. Like he can do it. Like we got like. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And the, the, the dilemma for Dave and I was like, which take to use of him flying off the building on fire? Because they did like five or six different takes. Like this guy was all for it. And, uh, that, that, that's so. I'm happy to report that he uh, he went to LA, did like 30 years of fire stunts, and is now retired in Hawaii. So he he earned his badges. Wow, very nice. good. That's awesome. Yeah. Good, good to hear. <laughs> good for him. Story. Yeah, and I guess that's yeah, another the car th- crash too. That car crash. Oh, another right. He was stuntman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was in the car too. He drove that car. Yeah. They fl- so. That wasn't the turtle then. Okay. Yeah, they flip the car <laughs> in the junkyard and leave it. I love that. Yeah, it's that's so awesome. <laughs> But I think that's what you do when you're, you think of production value, right? You're like, what can we do to make this a sexier trailer to get people looking at us and taking us seriously? Right. And I think that's one of those things you see. It's like, hey, we've got production value. We're going to set a guy on fire. You can't just do that with your friends for fun (laughs) and film it. There's obviously some amount of preparation and skill and expertise. Mm -hmm. So let's show them that we can do that. It doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be there. (laughs) Of course. I mean, there's not enough beer and pizza to give your friend to set him on fire. It's just not going to (laughs) work. But that's what's fun about the genre. Like I always tell this story about, but I'm going to tell it again for like the hundredth time on this podcast. Fascinated with horror as a kid, deathly afraid to watch the vast majority of it. But when I would go to Blockbuster, go to the local video store, I would immediately go to the horror section, look at all the VHS covers. And that, I mean, it was mostly movies I've never seen and still haven't seen. Like I've never seen April fool's day, but I know that cover. Like I know the, whatever it is, the, the noose and the ponytail. I think that's what it was. And like, I think that's what, that's the cool thing about horror in general is like more so than any other, like, Nobody cares about low budget. Like nobody heard ever heard of this drama or comedy because it, it's it probably isn't very good. But there's something so charming and 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 real about horror and like the story of people getting because like I remember being 12 years old with a camera, being like, I want to make a horror movie. Like that, it yeah. seems like something I could. I do. made several zombie movies. <laughs> oh, you did with my brother, yeah, and cousins, yeah. They're, Where uh, are they? At? Yeah, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I've got to find them. I love. I remember making the blood and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what it. What's behind it? Like, I think that's what makes it even more interesting is that passion, that drive, that makes you want to go that next step to be creative and inventive with special effects and stuff like that. Which is awesome. I also remember, this is way off topic, uh, I had this obsession of getting on America's Funniest Home Videos, and I thought in my head that I could fake a video, like something not sponsored, <laughs> okay. and send it in. Okay. And my setup with my friends was they were playing Jaws on Nintendo, and I was like, they're going to be so scared playing this game that I will jump out and scare them, and, this, and we will film it, and it will be very funny. So as you can imagine, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't funny. Today you'd be a TikTok star. Didn't get on yeah, show. that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> now I'm on TikTok. Cool, nice. And he is. Uh, so, doing well. Um, well, this is great. And we appreciate you guys coming on to talk about it. This is a lot of fun. Um, I did have a kind of, so we, we do know that the, the filmmakers went on to, you know, they did that, they got that award in the, in, uh, with the HBO short, did they continue their filmmaking career after that? Did they attempt to do other projects or, um, did they kind of have to, did they let it go at that point? Or is that another story to be told another time? 
I mean, I think the short version is that they kept writing. I know they have a lot of scripts, like full feature scripts. I don't know how much filming they did. I mean, they both ended up having their own careers. Mark ended up, you know, having a really successful career in radio. Um, And Mike has still doing a lot of commercial film stuff in the Worcester area. So then they raised families and kind of just did their thing. And so I think that, you know, they haven't made any more like films, but they're still kicking around ideas and they're working on attack of the killer refrigerator part two. Um, I've I've seen storyboards so I can confirm that that is happening. Um, So I think they want to put that together at some point. Yeah. So they're still kind of just doing their thing. And um, yeah. I mean, there's so much. It's got to be a smart fridge. Yeah. It's got to be a smart fridge. The The ice maker. (laughs) Oh, there's so much you could do with that. Yeah. I like it. Totally. They're trying I love that. Um, well, cool, guys. So I have to ask, I know, John, you always have ongoing projects and your hands are in a million different things. Do, should we be on the lookout for anything else coming soon? Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I know you've been working on some stuff for a while. Is there anything we can uh, be looking forward to or should we just uh, should we just wait? Well, I think for Stephen King fans, I mean, you know, our, our documentary on it is coming soon, very soon. Um, That's what I was talking about. That's what you're, that's yeah, what I didn't want, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but yeah, yeah. Any any like clown related media? <laughs> right. Wow. Let's say there's five friends. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, whatever. More than that. Yeah, seven. 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 Well, that's okay. the perfect number. Let's say people have friends. Craig <laughs> <laughs> finishes a book, and they're in dairy. Let's say and that's fears. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say people are um, afraid of things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah, no. So that, that's going to be, that's going to be coming soon. We're going to have some news really soon. And, um, before the end of the year, for sure. Um, awesome. this summer. Cool. Very um, cool. yeah, that's, that's my, my big thing at the moment, getting cool. that finally. Done. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. David, how about yourself? I, I imagine you're what you, you said, you, you both do the stuff at your local PBS station. I, I imagine that is uh, very labor intensive and it keeps you, uh, you know, very busy. And that's, that's the thing I always tell, like we, you know, with podcasting and in our various projects and full-time jobs, it is a, it's a lot. I don't know how, I don't know when I sleep sometimes. So. Yeah, we, we had a really busy year um, because obviously with the pandemic, the election, um, the, the riots of last summer, I mean, you know, oh journalism boy. was in overdrive with so much work to do. Right. Um, so we actually kind of got into a window between all that to finish up on Snapper. Um, but it was, it was a busy year. Um, and, um, you know, last time I was on with you guys though, I was talking about my other projects. Um, you know, we're still, uh, forging ahead with some partners on return of the Orca. We're trying to make that happen. Um, last summer's efforts were really challenging because it was the height of the pandemic. And, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as much as, you know, there was a lot of positivity around it and, and some great press coverage, it still just wasn't the time to be able to raise all the funds that we needed for it. And, uh, you know, you can't just put a boat in the water for, you know, uh, fist bumps and handshakes. You got to get the real money in there. <laughs> right, right, yeah. um, um, but we're, um, you know, the other project is making the monster, uh, the uh, Jaws project about the making of Jaws. Um, and uh, we're trying to move ahead with that. We've actually got a documentary component that we're talking about um, that because I'm a native Martha's Vineyard uh, person. Um, and some of the interesting things I've learned about, I mean, there's plenty of Jaws documentaries out there, um, obviously, that have told the story about the making of it and the challenges. Um, but uh, we've been talking a little bit about one about how uh, Jaws would actually not have really been able to film if it wasn't for people on Martha's Vineyard who knew the ocean and the, and the, the environment and, and how to show these Hollywood people 
what they were trying to accomplish, um, which, uh, you know, at one point everybody was in over their head, but it was completely, it was a, a bit of a guerrilla filmmaking uh, adventure. Um, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of documentaries about Jaws don't really get into the heart of is that the collaboration between people on Martha's Vineyard who were mariners and Hollywood people who knew what they knew, they needed to come together and form this collaboration that ultimately got Jaws finished, but was all the whole way through the hardest thing anybody's dealt with, you know. Um, and uh, so that's the triumph of it. I think it's really interesting, the fact that it, it, it turned into that story. Um, so, but, um, yeah, what's it's, I think that's the thing. Keep making stuff. I think that's the point that shows the mm -hmm. projects like snapper and other things. Um, you know, we learn, we, we bond through doing it together. Uh, and, uh, you never know. It's, I don't think you should necessarily be in it for a big payday. I think you should enjoy storytelling for the sake of itself and, um, and creating awareness or enjoyment. And people want to be told stories that'll never stop. You know, there's always the desire for new stuff to be told. And uh, I think that anytime you think there's a story worthwhile to tell, you'll always find an audience somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. That was great. David, was every, David, everything you say, yeah, everything you say is like a, like a very inspirational Ted talk. And I yeah. just want to, yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep listening. So now could you guys, yeah, so let's say your parents are complicated. How do I deal with this? Uh, <laughs> you're trying to get some, okay. not your parents, my parents. Um, no, I mean, that's great. I like that. I think, and I think that's, that's what it is. Like we all work really hard on the things that we do because at the end of the day, we're passionate about them. And like, I think that's, that's like the key component. Uh, you feel that in the documentary and obviously you feel that like in just the trailer that they were able to put together. Um, and it's cool. So I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. So, uh, very awesome. We thank you guys for being here and you're more than welcome back anytime to talk about any of your projects or if you can talk about anything, this is great. Yeah. Just uh, give us more inspirational, <laughs> motivational speeches. <laughs> hey, also, you know, also, also, I just want to say like, congratulations, man, to you guys and to just all of us and everybody, because like, it's really cool. Like getting to a point where, the people, you know, and all your friends like John, you know, I've known you for a couple of years and it's like I've watched you be like, oh, yeah, I really, you know, you you love it so much that you're just like friends with those guys now. And it's like just the fact that all of us are just kind of doing the things that we like and want to do. And you, and you, and you guys yeah. got this documentary made and the other, you know, the Pet Cemetery documentary and the new projects that you guys are working on it's just cool to be involved into, into know you guys and just, you know, congratulations on all that. Well, well thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. That was also start. inspirational. Jake. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I had to, he, it was, it's all from David. <laughs> he, gave it, he, he, he gave that to me. Abby, it's his aura. Yeah. Abby, do you want to say something? Inspire you. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can really do anything. Reach for the stars. <laughs> uh, no, I can't top y'all. Thank you for, for everything. No, this is great. Can we, can we play a Tony Robbins clip in the middle? Yeah, of sure. We'll put it in there. I love that. Uh, well, Snapper, the man eating turtle movie that never got made. Uh, the documentary is out there and we will keep everybody updated on, on viewing opportunities, whether it's uh, festivals or otherwise. And yeah, you guys, like I said, come back anytime and, and good luck with everything and congratulations. Thanks guys. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Sure. Absolutely. Thanks. All right. All right, everybody. That was so cool. Thank you to John Campiano and David Bigelow. 
for joining us to talk about Snapper. I wish everyone could just like, I, I want to give it to everybody, but I can't. But we're going to tell you where to see it when you can. It was awesome. I loved yeah. it. It was really cool. It was really, I don't know, it just kind of felt, it felt special. I was excited. And Jake, I know that you literally, we didn't go into it that much, but you've been talking about this like, this is it. This is the next big thing. There's Ghostbusters well, Afterlife and Snapper and then. That's what I live for. Um, <laughs> I when I was watching it, I've wa- I have watched it a few times because you know, like I said, me and John are you know we're we're buddies and 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 he'll you know send clips back and forth even before he asked me to to be involved with it. I um I had seen a few clips, you know, uh, pictures of the turtle and stuff like that. But dude, it was it was very exciting to see it come together and just to you know just just to be a part and work on something like that. Whenever I was watching it. Last night, I think I've seen it maybe three or four times at this point. But when I watched it again last night, I like sitting in my bed and I took a picture of the TV where my name was in the credits. I'm always so <sighs> stupid. Like, that's I'm not gonna send stupid. This to my mom. Jake, I'm going to send this to mom and be like, mom, I'm in the I'm in the credits. I mom. mean, you could have took Did the you pic- take a picture of the you drawing of when you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you know what? That's something I was like, that's that Jake's going to. John's going to listen to this now and be like, that fucker put himself in my movie because I don't <laughs> I think gonna John's ever mentioned that to me. But uh, I sent a clip to a friend of mine. Yeah. Just showing them, you know, like, oh, look, some of my work is in this documentary. And two seconds later, they sent me a screenshot and they were like, is this supposed to be you? <laughs> I was like, is this you? Yeah. Did you draw yourself in here? I'm like, well, it's easy no. to tell because you're wearing a name text. Says, my name is Jake from Yes, I was some podcast. <laughs> Jake, go ahead. By the way, Abby, good. Uh, just a YHS shirt. Good. Crinkling on that crinkles. Cr- on the I know you sun like over there. Thank you. Well, thanks to John and David. Um, very cool. Love talking to those. Those guys are great. Yeah, inspirational. Love I love it. Yeah, for real. Um, real quick, I would be remiss not to mention this. We've been plugging the YHS Patreon. Things are happening over there. All I'm going to say is the Patreon episode we put up in the regular five dollar tier this week. As the kids say, it's the tea. We're giving you the tea. We're giving. We're spilling the tea. <laughs> Well, we should. I think I, I'm not to cut you off, Craig, but I, yeah. I feel like we should throw in a little clip, maybe even right here, throw in a little clip. Well, there's going to be I a, could do a little clip crinkle. on the feed or something because honestly, we're like, going to we give a little done. preview. Dude, we got done with that episode, and I had this moment where I took my headphones off and I was like, "This, this means something. This was good. This, this is an important episode. This like was Richard Dreyfus looking at his mashed potatoes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it did mean something. I listened to some of it, and it's like it. It, it felt good to get out. I didn't there. need to. It's I a whole said new world. It. I, I didn't listen to it because I'm not a patron. Oh, <laughs> Jake doesn't no have access. I had no way to. I had listen, no access to. It. We we always give our all. But I did have multiple people saying that was the best hour of YHS audio wow. content holy shit and Ryan. it's behind a paywall <laughs> Go ahead and that Greg hates that i Greg hates when the good like the good stuff being behind i do i, like I want to make it all free. i like it though thank you thank Abby. you um ryan was with us ryan dole and we just talked and we covered a lot of ground we talked about the ghostbusters fan community we talked about answer the call we talked about we didn't talk about ghost heads but i got i want to i'm going to make a little proclamation right now okay people for a long time people will ask us about ghost heads yes there's a documentary about ghostbusters it's called ghost heads but ghostbusters fans abby and i are in it and that movie's a little polarizing. People got opinions. We've got opinions. And sometimes we feel like, uh, danced around it a little bit. This is what I'm going to say. At some point, 
And we haven't ironed out all the details yet, so I don't want to make any firm announcements. At some point, we will have a full Patreon-only Ghost Heads breakdown. Whether it's a commentary, a review, a minute-by-minute, a play-by-play. Dude, I think... something. I think we should step it up and not only do an episode... Do, we'll do an episode, a Ghost Heads episode. Yeah. But we should step it up and then also do yes. uh, maybe a, a, one of those live uh, watch watch One of those watch-alongs that we're doing. And okay, the, that's well, I don't, I don't know what tier it is, but it would, you know, maybe we and could do then Ghost Heads for one we'll even take it another level uh-huh. and we'll do a one of those fan recreations where we do a shot by shot remake of the whole movie. Oh, nice. Remake with, your own with yeah. other actors. Yes. Okay. With us, we play the three we of play us play everybody. everybody. Oh yeah. Well, I'm going to have to think about all of this. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I think we're going to have to ask for something from our patrons. Like we're going to have to get forgiveness. Like, like a no, like more of forgiveness. Them. Yeah. Now we're, yeah. we're going to figure yeah. it out. But all, all we're saying is the Patreon community is awesome and we really appreciate everybody's support and we got a lot going on over there next week uh we are doing our earnest scared stupid full breakdown and review abby's never seen it i can't wait i haven't seen it in 30 years i haven't seen any earnest movies jake hasn't seen it since two weeks ago probably yeah but i wanted to bring this up this 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 is an article that came out today this is completely separate from what i'm talking about kevin bacon there's an interview with kevin bacon he's reflecting on his career And um, he says that he has no interest in revisiting any movie or character that he has ever played in his life, except for Tremors. He he was bummed when the TV series didn't get picked up. He's still angling to come back to that franchise. And God damn it, they need to make that happen because that's something I would like to see. Isn't it kind of insane that it hasn't? Because at this point, you know, we 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 live in a world where they'll remake everything or make sequels sure. to everything. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the fact that Kevin Kevin Bacon's a, he's a well known star, he's a big star, and the fact that he wants to come back to mm-hmm. a, like a cult classic film that usually usually stars that are in old horror movies that go on to become big stars, they usually want nothing to do with whatever Linda that Blair. movie is. Right, right, and the right. fact that Kevin Bacon wants to come back Sorry, I'm doing and do something with Tremors, it's, it's just ridiculous. I can't believe that it's not happening. And it's also crazy that Matthew McConaughey is going to run for the governor of Texas. And he was in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I think they need to somehow, I didn't know that. I that needs to be his platform. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Governor? <laughs> <laughs> um no yeah i agree man i would love to see kevin bacon like i'm not like a diehard tremors fan i think i've only seen the first two but i think Big I, Reba well, those, fan. Are the, those are the only t- two you really need to That's watch there but i, I would love that returns. Mm. um and uh, i would love for uh i just like that i i it's cool when you see somebody have reverence for something that you you didn't you wouldn't think they would. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the 30th anniversary of what about Bob right now? And all those articles about the, the, the ongoing feud or the feud that happened on set between Richard Dreyfus and Bill Murray are, are hitting. And Richard Dreyfus is in, in this interview said he's ready to forgive Bill Murray. He's ready to, to, well, what to, does that mean? <laughs> Shut up. For $20. <laughs> 
Fuck, there's uh, art. The article that came out two years ago said that Bill Murray was insanely hard. I'm ready on to Richard forgive. And well, you know what? He like, threw an ashtray at him. Just, well, you know what? I, whenever you hear about stories, you, you hear a lot of stories about how Bill Murray was maybe an asshole. You also hear lots of stories about uh, Robert Shaw. Hey, yes. Richard Dre- hey at this point maybe Richard Dreyfus is the problem maybe. you know like you you hear a lot of stuff about Richard Dreyfus I was actually talking about the Richard Dreyfus Robert Shaw feud today with somebody and it's like it maybe feels like Dreyfus brought it yeah. all on himself we've been around him yeah well here's the thing yeah. Bill Murray was not in a great place mentally he was going through a lot yeah. when he filmed that movie and he tormented Richard Dreyfus. and Bill Murray says the reason he did it was because it brought more to their performances and I kind of believe yeah, it yeah because I they, do too Richard Dreyfus halfway through that movie looks like he wants to murder Bill Murray <laughs> is it worth it at what cost that's like being abusive to your sons well, here's the, football well, here's player. The thing. no I don't here's, want any value <laughs> sorry here's the thing it's worth it to me because I yeah. get to watch the movie. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it Don't wasn't. Don't you see it. this man is crazy? <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't even know what they were filming. <laughs> he was talking about Bill Murray. He didn't even know. Yeah, he didn't even know it was being recorded. He just uh, thought. Do you think he had flashbacks back to Robert Shaw? Well, this man, Harvard educated man, comes on my boat. I don't know if he was Harvard educated, but I just Richard Dreyfus. If you look at him, if you look at him in like the seventies, he was like this. I don't know. He carried himself in like a. I'm. A, he had that I'm better than you attitude, and maybe he was, but just like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. then like you mm-hmm. know, he had all those drug issues in the eighties and kind of went away for a long time, and then he came back. And anyways, civics. Civics, and now he's teaching civics. I like Richard Dreyfus. I love that he does yeah. conventions, and I love, and that's kind of what got me talking about that. Is like he seems to have reverence for those characters in those movies, and I, I like that he likes talking about Jaws and doesn't really shy away from it because that's it's yeah. it's always a bummer when. I mean, we've dealt with yeah. this as Ghostbusters fans forever. It's like knowing that Bill Murray didn't want to do more Ghostbusters it was always a bummer. Now he's doing it. And yeah, and everything's fine. and also yeah. like you know, not I don't want to keep coming back. I don't want it to sound like we're just constantly trying to push the, the the patreon here but like we did <laughs> we we did like we, we do have like a a patreon only instagram and uh i posted a a five minute long video of uh richard dreyfus talking about robert shaw there was a i i went to a convention a couple of years ago called shark con and uh it for the vip experience they closed the convention down kick everybody out and the remaining uh, people who were VIP got to just sit and and have like a, a panel chat, like a two hour thing with with uh, with Richard Dreyfus. And he uh, he talked about Robert Shaw a lot. He had a he had an entire uh, thing where he talked about the feud and and how that came up and what the feud actually was like. And uh, yeah, it was. It was so he it's didn't. Good, it's good to listen. To so talk you're about. telling me Richard Dreyfus did not piss on Robert Shaw's grave. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that didn't happen. I could just say about that. He did like, not. Uh, I'm g- look at me. I'm pissing on your grave. <laughs> and you're not here to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I fucking love, I love that the probably Dreyfus. didn't happen. I love yeah. the Dreyfus. Yeah. The dry, this is a Seinfeld love, episode? I, I love, love the Dreyfus. The Dreyfus is good. <laughs> the Dreyfus is wise. Mm, hey. Gotta support the Dreyfus. By the way, Abby. Yes. We totally forgot. 
Yeah. Jake and I did a 25th anniversary episode of Twister. And you weren't even there. I know. I wasn't yeah, feeling well. Fuck? I'm so, so upset. In 30 seconds, tell me what you think about the movie. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Is oh. that what you think happened, Craig? I um, I watched that movie, like, not last night, but the night before. I put it on, and I, it's great. It's it, amazing. And we, it's like our, it's our Christ, it's Joe, you Part couldn't of our help DNA. it, you? It's fucking awesome. Watch mm-hmm. Twister every day. Um, it's serious. So it's what good. else, guys? We're, funny. We're, it holds we're, up. We're going to wrap up here in a few. We, like I said, it was cool having John and Dave on. And um, clearly, we've, we've been so... Friggin' busy, busy, busy. I know. That's Abby, what I was saying. Launched your show. Launched your show uh, Monday night. It was a uh, success. It was a lot of fun. Um, a, a new episode of The Bad Batch drops tomorrow, so I'm gonna get up and watch that. Um, and then not this the following Monday, but the Monday after that, uh, we'll have another show 9:30 live yeah. on YouTube. Just if you're not a subscriber to the Yes Have Some YouTube, I would get over there and, and get updated and on all these streams. And then of course. Toy Anxiety mm-hmm. every Tuesday night at 930. Mm-hmm. And then Jake, yep. you and Jake, he just dropped another episode of YHS and Monster Island. Basically, yes, have some is now um, a vehicle to advertise all of our other stuff. So it is for sure. But I do <laughs> want to say about about Monster Island, if it's the kind of thing that you're maybe a little apprehensive on jumping on listening to because you're not in the Godzilla world or anything like that. It's literally just YHS. Like the last episode we did. We just, you know, me and Jay went back and forth and just talked about monster movies that one or the other of us haven't seen and described them and what was cool about them. And it was, you know, we talked about what toys we bought that we. It's just straight up YHS, but just more, just more monster, monster focused. Right. And yeah. I got to say, I want everybody to take a big old deep breath. Okay. Namaste. Are you, are are you about to announce another show? No. I know. Good, because I can't do another show. I can't. I'm I'm busy every night now. I'm taking advice. I'm taking the words of, of, what was that guy's name on the YouTube? Michael Mercy. Michael Mercy. I'm just one of Mystic Michael. Mystic, what do you say? Mystic (laughs) Michael. I'm calming everybody down. And what I'm saying is that it is May 20th, 2021, which means we Mm -hmm. are a mere Two and a half weeks away from Ghostbusters oh Day twenty twenty one. Let's talk about it. We we don't know what's gonna happen, right? It could no. be, there's been a lot of speculation. Could be new trailer. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe. New clips, new poster, still image, article, merchandise. We don't know. We never know what Ghostbusters Day is gonna be. But we we do know this. Yes, have some podcasts on Ghostbusters Day, the evening of, we will be doing a live stream. On YouTube. Normally, that would be the Toy Anxiety Night. I've got a good feeling we're going to get some new toy reveals. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. okay. I don't have any inside information, but if Hasbro was ever going to start launching some some info, yeah, Ghostbusters Day would be a good day to do it. But even if we don't, tune in Tuesday night, June 8th, for live Yes Have Some. Do it. It's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Because no matter what... It's it's fun once or twice a year to have the the YHS Prime Ghostbusters community come together. And this is it, folks. I don't want to stress anybody out. I'm going to grab the mic here. Remember earlier when David was doing uh, inspirational speeches? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm about to do mine. Okay. So I, uh, I promised myself I wouldn't cry. Listen. <laughs> That was a horrible Mike Myers impression, by the way. That was not good. Yeah. By the way, I got to put this mic back. because I like that you called it YHS Prime. That just sounds good to me. That's good. YHS That's the name That's of the main show, YHS Prime? Main show, yeah. yeah. It's Prime. All right. How would you like your YHS Prime? 
Very rare. Because we barely do it anymore. <laughs> as rare as possible. We're, doing busy, we're too busy nice. doing everything else. Um, YHS is evolving into its final form. Because Ghostbusters Afterlife, the third movie in the Ghostbusters trilogy for now, is coming. You can't predict yeah. it. You can't see it. What's the <laughs> It's bearing down on you. Total greenage. <laughs> Suck zone. <laughs> You're just quoting random. I'm just quoting Twister. Take what's a look called? what's right in front of you, Joe. Me. You never cared about kids or a house or all the neat stuff like that. Hey, all sorts of neat stuff neat like stuff. that. <laughs> hey, what's he called Jonas? He calls Jonas something so you funny. You son of a bitch. He calls him a son of a bitch four times. No, 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 no. Yeah, but he there is another. He calls him is, when they when she goes, who's that? It's Jonas Miller. He's a night crawler. <laughs> He's a night oh, but that is that what he calls him? So he does call him a night crawler, but that is a is, that's a legitimate term. You know, the movie that came out, there is a movie that was released a couple of years ago called Nightcrawler. Okay. And it's about uh, what's a Jake Gyllenhaal's character. A nightcrawler are, are those kind of people who show up at a scene of a crime and okay. film it and try to and sell that footage to, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, like, oh, that's, okay. That, that's okay. an actual thing. And hey, what's funny is that in that movie Nightcrawler, Bill Paxton is in it and he plays a nightcrawler. Oh, somebody Ooh. has become Whoa. he's lived so long that he's become the <laughs> he's villain. seen himself become the villain. Wow. What I'm saying is, as I quote Twister to describe my excitement for Ghostbusters, that's also Nightcrawler is also a great movie. I haven't seen it. it. Nightcrawler is also um, in the X-Men. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what he was talking about. Maybe he was talking about X-Men Nightcrawler. <laughs> um, no, we, we've been waiting a very, very long time for this movie. We have been chasing Ghostbusters 3, chasing that dragon. Probably shouldn't have said that. That's a drag race. You said like you were chasing sounds... Ghostbusters 3. I, deep down, I always thought it was a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is this. I've been wor- I, I talked about this on Patreon. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but... I've been working on this video, the history of Ghostbusters 3. It's going to be a video series. You've talked about it. I've been hearing about it. History all day. of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And it's going to be up soon, hopefully by next week. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been doing this research. I've been reliving the drama of the last 20 years of developing Ghostbusters 3. And I'm telling you what, I am. This was not supposed to happen. This movie is a sequence of events. That, wait, this is the classic thing people always say. If you would have writ that wrote this in a script, they would have said, "No way, unrealistic. <laughs> this would never." I, people always tell say that with tell stories. So stupid. Anyways, what I'm saying is, we've waited a long time for this movie. It's been delayed multiple times. Obviously, we all know that. November 11th, 11th, 12th, November 2021. It's coming. Ghostbusters Day. I'm going to call the official unofficial beginning of the marketing, the countdown it's here. It's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I'm also nervous. I'm stressed. I'm apprehensive. I'm sweating. Yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like as, as like we're ne- it, very similar to the force awakens. Right. But actually much different than the force awakens. 
right? Because there was the prequels and Star Wars had kind of been around as an entity. And of course we did get answer the call, but this is a movie that they have been actively trying to somehow get off the ground for the better part of 15 years. Mm-hmm. And there's been yeah. bumps in the road and there's been tragedy and there's been ups and downs and there's been hints of hope and there's Bill, the video game and then Bill Murray's doing it and then Bill Murray's not doing it. And then Harold Ramis says we're doing it. And then Harold Ramis passes away and then answer the call. And then there's going to be another movie. And then it's just been crazy. And then our savior, Jason Reitman. Good brother, Jason. Good brother, Jason. Walks into Sony and says, stop it. He does a Jacob Walsh. He goes, stop. Yeah. I think he probably kicked the door in. He did. I was kicked the door and then slowly walked in and said, hey, everything you're doing is bad. (laughs) Stop it. He said, (laughs) listen to me. Listen to me. I'm an award winning director. No bullshit here. Who are you going to call? Me. That's the answer. I'm the man that will draw myself into your movie. (laughs) (laughs) it's just exciting stuff man it's just i'm just i'm excited and i want everybody to know that no matter what happens with the ghostbusters franchise going forward no matter if we have five more ghostbusters movies and an animated movie and an animated series and toys forever it's never gonna be like it will be for the next six months yeah so never ever again never again it's a special time Watch watch one year from now. Guys, will Bill Murray be doing Ghostbusters 4 tonight? We'll never have a time like this ever again. (laughs) But seriously, it it is. No, it's a, yeah. It's a special, magical, little, like, twilight time, like, right before. It's a bubble. It's a bubble? And and know anything about the nature of bubbles. I know, I took bubbleology. They don't last long. Yeah. They're made of soap. No, but I'm serious. Usually like, made of so. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm ecstatic, and I think that I'm, I've, I think we're more primed and ready to, to, to do this. And I'm, I love yes, yeah. have some, and I Why love our community. Primed. Yeah. Watch us prime, and the, the joy is in the journey. The, this little buildup. Can I time. ask you? Could you just stop touching the microphone? <laughs> well, you touched yours. You took it off. But then I put it back. You made an announcement. I did. Kurt, go back to the curtain. <laughs> It's not I for me. It's for the listening audience. For the listeners. Yeah. Oh, yes. The noise. But anyways, Jake, I don't know. Do you, do you, I mean, are you, we're going to be, listen, there's going to be more Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters related content on this channel and all across all of our channels for the next six months than, than ever before. And even like, I mean, obviously if you go back to 2016, there was a lot, but it's going to be even more than that because there's going to be so much merchandise mm-hmm. and so many interviews and you got Paul Rudd, and Carrie yeah. Coon, and you got, Bill Murray, Finn Wolfhard, Finn Wolfhard, Ernie Hudson, McKenna Grace, yeah. Dan Aykroyd. It's Doing the circuit. It's going to be like a nonstop. Holy shit. People constantly sending you things and updates. And you're going to be sick of things. it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even going to, you're not going to want to see a mini puffed. Mm-hmm. You're going to want, you're going to be like, oh, where's the fucking ghost that was on Leslie Jones shoulders. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> sick of all this other stuff. I think we might, we should probably, maybe we should do some sort of a, Maybe we should get the cross rip over here and do some sort of a round table right as 
right before all this stuff starts. I don't know. Just so we can all comfort each other. Yeah. So we okay. can hold each other. So well, we Jake, you had that idea of getting, out. getting everybody who's ever done a Ghostbusters podcast for like the world's biggest Ghostbusters podcast. I think we, I think we absolutely should do that. We'll, I will put it out here right now. We talked about it. this. We talked about this behind the scenes uh, a couple months ago, just trying to come up with some ideas and it would be great to get whoever we can, whoever's done a Ghostbusters podcast in the, in the past. Troy. Chris, Troy, Chris, Matt Robinson, Daniels, Ron Matt Robinson. Yeah, just get all these people, get them in a room together. Well, a Zoom room or something, and let's and let's talk about what's about to happen. You know, let's get all the let's get everybody's perspectives mm-hmm. and just see what everybody's thinking, how they feel. Ghostbusters about. Anonymous meeting. We're yeah, exactly. We're oh, and then all, also we're all about to go through something. Yeah, let's let's trademark all of their properties. And present them with Ron Daniels as our lawyer. Be like, we now, oh, yes, have some we have owns, purchased you. We own the- Ron Daniels. <laughs> oh Ron Daniels will be like, by yes. joining us tonight, you, we have purchased. Them. Ron Daniels is like, I would like to present to you all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, the Yes Have Some podcast, who are now the official owners of the trademark Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, Cross the Streams Radio, Ghost Core. Ghostbusters. We just own it all. <laughs> it's it's like, we it didn't all. sign up for this. <laughs> no. no, I think I think something like that would be great. I, I love yeah. it because I listen. At yeah. the end of the day, this is a small community. It's a big community, but it's a small community. We need to right. shepherd the positivity and the excitement. We are we are shepherds. We are yes. Jack Shepherd. Yeah. Oh my God! Let's get Jack Shepherd on the episode. Mm-hmm. You ever notice how Jack Shepard always smiles it? when he's stressed? He's like, you know, you, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, I was reading a thing uh, to get off to com- to completely get off topic of Ghostbusters. How weird would it have been if they would have if the original idea for Jack Shepard would have happened and it was going to be Michael Keaton? Oh right! Did you know this? It was going to be they Michael were going to kill him off though, and, like, and then the he pilot. was going to die in the first episode. Yeah, but Drew once Barry they Moore decided, style. once they decided to keep him, Michael Keaton bowed out. Do you think Michael Keaton saw what Lost became and was like, oh, "Maybe I should have done that." I bet it would Michael have been a Keaton's different like show. He's like, uh, "Yeah, I never even watched that. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen any of the uh, Batman movies either." Uh, but uh, <laughs> me, I'm a. Uh, how do I say that? I'm a. Uh, I'm Batman. Is that a good Michael Keaton? I don't know. I feel like it's, it's okay. It's it's in there. I can see it in there. Because if, like if you do a little bit of if you do a little bit of chiseling, yeah. If you do a little bit uh-huh. of chiseling, you could uh-huh. probably find that uh-huh. uh, that impression. Okay, yeah. I get a little chiseled out. Yeah, in there. Somewhere. Audio uh-huh. listeners uh-huh. don't get it as much. Right, as, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, come on, come on, come on, sad, sad. Oh, okay. Well, that's a. Well, that's a Beetlejuice. That's a you, you've gone that's from Beetlejuice. Michael Keaton to Beetlejuice. That's different. It's not the same. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I was like, was that it? Or <laughs> you're fired, Hold Greg. on. Hold on. Let me go to my notes. Spontaneous Michael Keaton lost <laughs> conversation. All right. We covered that. Moment of silence after. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Well, this was great. I'm excited. We got a big, big couple weeks coming up. Lots of stuff. Stay tuned for all the news and updates on all of our social media channels. Yes. We absolutely love you guys. This is awesome. This is so exciting. Yes. We need that trailer, trailer. Gonna say that trailer, trailer. But I'm not ready yet. I'm, I'm okay if we don't get the trailer on Ghostbusters Day. Let's like. We're not sl- going to. Slow no. roll it. Yeah. Because I'm going to need something f- to look forward to 
post Ghostbusters Day pre Olympics. Yeah, it's going to be a okay. tough time for us all. Maybe that's when they'll start. Maybe the the 2021 Tokyo Olympics are brought to you by Ghostbusters Afterlife. (laughs) The gold medal of Ghostbusters movies. (laughs) Just tossing it out there now. Okay. I am looking forward to see what kind. By the way, can I just say something? Our house feels like a fucking terrarium. There's There's a moth. There's a bright ass light in here. There's moths. There's cats. (laughs) Mothra. Um, no, I'm excited to see what kind of crossovers we get. Some fast food ties, maybe a Happy Meal, mm-hmm. Baskin Robbins. Give me something. Yeah. I'm just excited. I can't we should, wait. You know what? Yeah. Let's do an episode to a main line. Well, why just prime episode very soon? Okay. Called okay. predicting Ghostbusters afterlife. All the other stuff, not the movie, just everything else. The merch, the food. Okay. Mostly that. Will Ecto Cooler be back? I don't think so. I'm saying no this time. Okay, but what about yeah, some sort of a marshmallow know. component? Oh, there's going to be shit ton of Well, that's already. That's, that's, already, that's out yeah. there. That's already Australia's got them. Covered, yeah. Um, well, listen, everybody. Australia's got them. Yeah. Shout out. I, to- I wanted to do that thing where, I, you know, it seems like I'm predicting something that I, I've just seen. Right. It. Oh, right. What, what, just let me have it. What, 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 there was one of those. It was one of them. The, the mini puff the surprise. The mini puffs, yeah. Now, I do have one more thing to say, and I meant to do this multiple times over the last couple of weeks, but I told him. I'd give him a shout out because I bought Marvel Legends from him. Uh, Min Win, who is in uh, group therapy and uh, super nice guy, sold me some Marvel Legends. And he was like, can I get a shout out on the pod? I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. What do you want me to plug? He's like, I don't nothing. Just I'd like you to shout just, me just out. Just my kindness. Well, just me. Just and let me tell me. you what. Talk about that was me. some fast shipping. Nice. Whoa. And he said he found That's what yes. we're plugging. He yeah. said he found yes have some when when Matt Cardona mentioned YHS on the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. So okay. it's podcast okay. synergy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's why Pixel Dan stopped talking to you. <laughs> no, he <laughs> that was that was the hypothetical in our Patreon episode, which you have to sign up for to listen to. Oh, people are gonna be like, hey, fuck what? that. Fuck that. That's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, everybody, for Jacob Walsh and Abigail Gardner and our special guests tonight, yes. David Bigelow mm-hmm. and John Camp Piano. Camp Piano. Campo Piano. Campo Piano. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> he hates I me. I hope he doesn't listen to all the, uh, <laughs> the end of the episode. <laughs> I hope he does. I'm going to tell him to make sure he does. He's going to be like, make sure you listen to the entire he's thing. He's going to be like, wow, Jake drew himself into my movie. Wow, Craig doesn't know my name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that guy. Like, Me too. He's very. He cool. should Me have. Too, man. He should have his own thing. Horror podcast. Or yeah. Something. Both. I think of he them. should too. I yeah. think he yeah. should too. Just do an yeah. archive talk. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Huh. Hey, uh, we're always hiring. Get him on. Hey, we'll get we'll get him in here. We'll get, get him, him in on. Here. Uh, yeah, get him in. Get yeah. him on. Join the right. team. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Yes Have Some Podcast. Like I always say. You better get fucking ready for this Ghostbusters movie. You know that old phrase. Yeah. Holy shit. Savor you are it. a fidgety person tonight. The, Abby's been doing this for like two I'm hours. S- yeah. She's a fidget spinner. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. There's a moth in here. <laughs>